I'm sure there's some good meat in there. Some delicious uh, crate dragon meat. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name's Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're celebrating a full moon night. Because <laughs> it, it was right. a full moon. It was a full moon last night. I, I oh, yeah. It was... oh yeah, it was. That's right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Assassin's Creed is coming to Netflix. I know you're excited <laughs> okay, for okay. I didn't know. I wasn't expecting that, but yep. all right. Uh, I learned get, something new every uh, every time in the intro. Right. Thank you. I always put the uh, one weird thing in here, okay? <laughs> you got to guess which one it is. Uh, well, I want everyone to get ready for the rise of animated movies and TV shows. Mm, oh, I'm always ready for that, Chris. I know. You are in more. Yeah. Uh, so heads up, I might sound slightly different this week moving forward. I upgraded to a new uh, fancy microphone, the yes. uh, Yeti X. I feel like an adult uh, for the, like the last like I, I I don't even know how many years we've been doing this podcast anymore. Yeah, we, um, but we're we, like, I think this is our, the end of our sixth full year. Yeah, we're almost up to three hundred episodes. So it took me this long to upgrade to a new microphone. So I'm no longer on the uh, Snowball. I'm on the Yeti X. Dude. So I also took the pop filter off too to see if I really need it. So if I'm popping my P's or my S's. A little too loud. I mean, I did that it, on purpose there, but it, uh, it didn't sound like know. it on my end. But but yeah. this, I was like, do they even make the snowball? I just looked at they do make the snowball. So, um. <laughs> yeah, but I got this nice piece of hardware in front of me now, so hopefully everything just sounds a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I suppose it could be bad, much like the porn industry when HD video came out. Once you could see them a little bit better, they're like, ooh, uh, we got to yeah. get different. We got to get different people in front of the camera now, more pretty people. Yeah. So yeah. If my voice was already bad to begin with. Sorry if it's gotten even worse is yeah, what i'm trying to say it's not that bad mike you're doing <laughs> great honey you're fine you're Aw, good thanks you're welcome the scariest things was halloween that was last Spooky, night it's over yeah uh i actually i want to share my costume ideas mike or yeah. what i dress up as because I, I i don't normally dress up but i did two things this year one for work mm-hmm. and one for for family um so the first thing i did uh was um bob ross at work i went around and painted stuff all day great uh, and um, you you saw it you saw you mm-hmm. saw the outfit i i had the beard to do it i just had to get the hair uh everything else I already had so that was pretty easy but like um i actually painted stuff while i was at work um you know just uh to show that i could do it <laughs> and then and then later that evening i did a a classic spongebob reference mike uh mermaid man and my wife dress up as barnacle boy yeah, and great couple's costume great job yeah well here's the best part about it. I'm like you know what this could this can go beyond halloween like if i ever had to dress up for anything i'm like this isn't necessarily Halloween specific, is it? Mm-mm. So uh, I've got I've got some stuff in my uh, my back pocket now, other than just rewearing the um, uh, the the, the Star Lord mask I had from, <laughs> from like five years ago. Man, recently SpongeBob has made me feel very old because are you familiar with? I think it's called the Goober Berry Sunday from SpongeBob. Oh, I'm a goofy goober. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
the Gooberberry Sunday, I wasn't familiar with until uh, Babish made it on one of his recent oh, episodes. Yeah. And then I saw some people within like the Halloween hashtags over the weekend um, were referencing it. And I think I saw another person who had like a birthday cake that was shaped like the Gooberberry Sunday. And I was like, I do not remember this like SpongeBob niche thing. So when I went back and I did some research, I kind of realized I only watched like maybe the first three seasons of SpongeBob. So like I do not know any of the references beyond like the first couple of seasons, even though I really liked SpongeBob when I when I watched it. So like, yeah, there's like this whole generation of kids that has never seen SpongeBob on like standard ratio four by three. They only know the widescreen like uh, SpongeBob and all of these mm. new references that I don't get. So I'm just feeling so old and the Gooberberry Sunday encompasses that. So I'm glad you did Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, which I'm sure they're still around in the SpongeBob lore, but they were OG characters. Yeah. Well, makes me feel comfortable. (laughs) Well, I went back to do my research, right? And and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, most, but not every SpongeBob episode is on Amazon uh, right now until whatever, whether I'm the, the, what's the CBS thing? Paramount? Yeah. They'll probably go to that at some point in time. Because I think they're Viacom through Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, walking, visiting these, you know, the actual voice actor for Mermaid Man has passed away, I think several years ago. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, you know, they, they are there, but I remember Go- uh, Gooberberry Sunday because of the SpongeBob movie, of course. So, um, definitely that was something that was, I'm not proud of growing up. That was like a lot of my decorations in my bedroom when I was like <laughs> a teenager. I had nothing else going on. Superheroes weren't a thing yet. Um, at least not culturally acceptable but yeah we did that but uh, speaking of babish i want i want to go on and say they did my favorite uh he did my favorite food this week the um i just lost it mike oh my god uh, the the brood witch the brood witch from Aquatine. yeah there it is i was like i just had it uh so he actually made the brood witch and while i appreciate the effort this man goes through of like soaking these meats and putting <laughs> them in brine and then d you know um getting the salt out of them i was like desalinate there's i was like this is a lot of work for this sandwich i could probably <laughs> make the bread and then just buy all the lunch meats i want and put on it instead oh man his he made a he made mortadella and i've never seen mortadella made before like i'm sure you can go on youtube and find a factory that makes them but like he made it from hand and it looked really good yeah and i didn't know i didn't even know that how it was made either so i was like oh man i want to eat this sandwich <laughs> oh yeah he, i mean he made it he sliced it he he soaked it he i mean he did everything this i'm like I am impressed with this uh, wholeheartedly. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the what he did, um, but I mean, if, if you've never seen the Brood Witch on Aquatine Hunger Force, it's on HBO Max, and it's about a sandwich that um, is made in the the depths of hell. And every, if you eat it, like you, you actually get transported to um, a world that's reminiscent of the Beetlejuice cartoon, mm-hmm. um, which was actually some inspiration for the Aquatine animators. If you, if you didn't know that, so um, I, I thought it was very interesting that he did that. But I also have his cookbook. Um, it's I forget what it is. It's, it's about items in or food in movies, and he he puts them in a cookbook so you can make it at home. So it's pretty, pretty entertaining stuff. I really enjoy it. So. I yeah, Halloween. That's so. That's one of the best thing about like holidays is usually the content that you watch. If it gets produced like you know in real time, kind of like YouTube does, people usually adapt to the holidays. So like uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of my YouTube channels were doing spooky stuff over the last month. Some let's plays of video games that I would probably never play myself. Like I learned about this game called um, you probably know it, Dead by Daylight. Yes. Um, it's really cool. I had no idea this was even a video game that exists or even like the premise of it, where you can either be 
the the people running from the the kind of slasher or you can be the slasher yourself and it's kind of like a, an online versus game and I they have like all they have like some IP characters that you can be like you can be like kind of um, uh, Freddy I believe you can be I don't remember if it's Jason or if it's um, who's the other guy that's like Jason because um, there's like one hockey mask and there's one that's like uh, well, there's Michael, a Myers. Guy. Michael Myers and Jason yeah, yeah one of those yeah. one of those people are in the game Halloween and, um, actually <laughs> you can be the uh, you can be pyramid head and stuff so I was watching some people play that game and I was like oh this is really smart so I love spooky content I don't ingest it a whole lot but I can I like enjoying it kind of like from a third person's point of view watching yeah. other people experience well, it well we, we actually had a had a good time this week and you me and friend of the show Quentin Parker actually got to get in on a couple rounds of uh zombie war zone in college oh yeah and i thought that was like a special thing but once i realized that like every online free-to-play was doing it like apparently apex was doing it Uh fortnite's doing it like i I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other uh online games that i don't play all did halloween stuff but this is kind of one of the cool unintended consequences of kind of like a free-to-play like microtransaction game is where you know since it has to live forever you get these fun experiences um on the holidays so I don't know if they're going to do anything like during like the holiday season. If well, they add snow to Verdansk, that would be kind of cool, but I yeah, don't know if they'll do that. Fortnite is, is known that on Christmas Day they do everything in snow, but they've done like Christmas themed like month long or several week long events before, so and mm-hmm. give out free stuff if you sign in. So I know Fortnite does. I don't Call of Duty maybe. Um, I don't think it was popular or maybe even not out last Christmas. So uh, and they have a new game coming out they're tying into. So. It really, it's really gonna be interesting. Video games this this the, the next three months are gonna be interesting, Mike. And, and you know this because new consoles are coming out, so we have next generation games trying to work on old generation consoles and vice versa because they don't want to mix those mark miss yeah. those markets. And we were talking about what Watchdog Legions, um, just struggling right now mm-hmm. uh, until until it comes out for the next generation consoles. So I'm hoping. I mean, that. we'll be yeah, we'll be talking about actually uh, some yeah. video games uh, later in the show too. So. Yeah, it's video games. It's the holiday. Like, okay, let's get it out there. It's November 1st. uh, You know, officially, for some people, we are already in the holidays. You know, screw Thanksgiving. Screw anything else that happens. It's only going to be Christmas or, you know, it doesn't even matter what uh, religion you celebrate. People get on board with the gift-giving season, I guess is what you'd say it is. So you got a lot of new stuff that's out. You know, people know that people are going to be buying video games and stuff Mm -hmm. for people. Uh, Even Cyberpunk is doing their best to still try to come out during the holiday season because they want people to be buying it for their kids and their teens and yeah. you know their loved ones so that yeah, it's just that time of the year get ready for merch yeah get ready for swag get ready for hardware to be sold and to get, you and get ready to order it online because you should not be out in the stores right now you stay yes. home and order it online <laughs> Uh, just in case we talked about this before the show started, uh, Best Buy keeps doing random Black Friday deals in the middle of the week. So just yeah, it's like Black Friday has lost all meaning. Like it's not even a Friday anymore. It's whenever. Wasn't there like a Prime Day like two weeks ago or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was like maybe a month ago or something. It was like two days of a Prime Days, and Walmart did it, and then Best Buy did it. And now the Best Buy is like, well, we're doing this every week. I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever, man. But that that 70 inch TV for five hundred dollars is keeps looking at me. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff like that, but, um, I'm just going to go ahead and get it because I don't know how to segue to this, Mike. This is, this is one of the hardest segues ever is that, you know, uh, sad news that Sean Connery passed away this week at 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was much older, uh, if I was going to be completely honest with everyone, but he's always looked old. I mean, he went from James Bond to Indiana Jones' dad pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's he was, true. He was in Highlander and what was that crazy ass movie where he was in the spandex Zardoz? 
Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, that that's uh, it's sad. I mean, the last movie he did was actually a superhero comic book movie, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, and that's a good thing to bring up where uh, I don't want to be crass or anything like that. It's always uh, sad when uh, someone beloved passes away, but I kind of thought he might have been gone already mm-hmm. only because he retired such a long time ago. And to Sean Connery's credit, one of the few actors that has ever announced retirement and actually meant it, right? Because yeah. he's just been out of the public light forever, and which is probably good. That's what you want when you're famous and you retire. You want to kind of go on and live your life and do the things that you enjoy without being hounded by people. And when you do projects in Hollywood, you get hounded by the press. So I'm sure, you know, after a couple of years, just things started to trail off. And so I really hope he enjoyed, you know, the last uh, the last kind of, uh, uh, kind of uh, chapters of his life where he wasn't um, part of the Hollywood machine anymore but yeah like I hadn't thought about Sean Connery in years until that news popped up and I was like oh dang that's sad but um uh, you know, I think a lot of people are probably talking about the things that he was most well known for. You know, yeah. definitely James Bond. Uh, the, for some reason, the weird connection that I have to Sean Connery is always Entrapment, because that's that okay. movie that, that that's that movie that kind of kicked off. I, I, I people weren't using the word meme back then, but kind of that meme of like you know people trying to move through the laser grid. I know that was um was that was that Catherine Zeta Jones that actually did it in the movie. Um, but I think he had his own version of it at some point in the movie, but I think this was one of those weird movies that like, I just happened to see in theaters as a slightly younger age. So it's just kind of like burned into the back of my brain. So whenever I think Sean Connery, I usually think entrapment and then I usually go to the rock, which would probably be one of my favorite movies that he's been in. Cause it's like, it's like top Nicolas Cage, top Sean Connery. It's just like pure Michael Bay action. It's it's actually a good Michael Bay movie. You're like, Oh, Okay, I can get down to this one, you know, before mm-hmm. before we went to that thing. I mean, I always say again, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is where Ooh, yeah, I, I lean into it. But again, that's eighty nine, and that's where he he looked old then. You know, it was like when I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, any any time now. But you know, um, but yeah, and I the memes from Hunt Red, Red October because of his accent was always so thick. Oh, yeah. one, his so. accent's great. Yeah, he was a yeah. he was a treasure, and he gave us a lot of great stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then again, being the first Bond, which, you know, we're still waiting for No Time to Die, the new one. So definitely, I mean, like I said, he's not been anything recently, but, you know, that still doesn't make it any less sad. He's the the type of iconic actor that if he was still working, at some point in time, he either would have been or rumored for a big superhero part. Like, he would have been, like, a villain or maybe a hero's, like, parent or something like that. You know, just because we, we're seeing a lot of these, like, old classic actors kind of loop back around through the MCU because all of the middle-aged directors grew up with these actors and want them in their movie. You know, just look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, if, if this is something he still wanted to do, we would definitely had been talking about him on the show regularly. So uh, I'm yeah. happy that we get to talk about him now, about our weird connections with him. Um, but, yeah, Sean Connery, he was great. Yeah, exactly. It just, just don't go back and watch LXG. Just, just, just save your gut. <laughs> look at, look at, remember him in a better light than that movie ever did for him. So, um, but it was based on a comic book movie. I don't know. If, I don't know if people knew that. Was that is that a common fact? Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. If anybody even remembers the movie, it might be hard for them to remember it's based on a property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but but it was like Alan Moore style comic books. So that, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's sad to do that. Um, let's jump into the corn stream. Uh, you know, I, we're we're about one for one on these. 
looks like this week. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and you, you jump into yours. You, I mean, we've got mostly seasonally related watched items, except one right in the middle here. Which, <laughs> yeah, which we'll is start. This. Yeah, I'm sure we'll start shifting since we're kind of in this uh, uh, holiday season. Uh, we'll probably be getting into uh, <laughs> Christmas movies here soon. But off the top, uh, to kind of wrap up Halloween, we finished Bly Manor, uh, the Netflix series uh, in this household. We had a great time, and I won't spoil anything, but it ends in a way I wasn't expecting, uh, mm-hmm. which I would say was kind of refreshing, and uh, it kind of ties up very nicely at the end. So overall, I was told... Um, uh, through other people that the first, I guess, quote unquote season, the haunting of Hill house is more scary. And even though this one did creep me out at points in time, uh, I would say it's a lot more, um, inclusive if you're a person that maybe not like spooky stuff too much. So, uh, give Bly Manor a watch. Uh, you know, I suppose you might want to wait a year if you want to still be in the spooky season, but, uh, a Bly Manor, I would uh, mm-hmm. recommend. And, and um, I, and I did confirm that they use the same sets, but like to rearrange differently. So like, oh, this feels weird and similar, but it's a different thing. And, and once I finished watching it, I went on IMDb to kind of look at the actors and stuff like that. And some of them do cross over between Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. So yeah, they are kind of doing the um, the um, American Horror Story thing, but in a slightly different manner. They're, I mean, Netflix just kind of categorizes them differently. Like mm. once we finished watching um, uh, Bly Manor, it, it wouldn't just automatically start playing Hill House because technically it's considered a separate show within the Netflix uh, algorithm. Uh, but Bly Manor, check it out. I'm curious to see uh, if they're going to do another season uh, next year. You know, obviously uh, that uh, COVID might affect it, but yeah, look for what they do next. Uh, the next Halloween recommendation I would not recommend at all, uh, but Netflix might push it in your face. It is Hubi Halloween, which uh, I believe dropped early in October. So this might be old news for you already, but. Uh, we made the mistake of checking it out uh, a little bit yesterday, then we went on to other things, and then we finished it this morning, and ooh, the Adam Sandler movie, Hoobie Halloween, is just atrocious. I hate it. Um, I went online to check the uh, to check the hashtag, and I saw oh. there are some people out there that are enjoying it, but I don't know what's wrong with them. I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> if you liked the movie, I would like to have a spirited debate with you, but uh, I can probably shoot down every facet of this film, uh, uh, you know. So well, so throw it at me, I can destroy it. it. <laughs> you, you meant you meant Netflix rather than Hulu, right? Because doesn't yes okay because yes, I, I, I haven't watched this yet I hadn't heard about it until this it's week the, it's the it's the it's the name they wanted Hubi to sound like happy but also rhyme with Halloween so I'm thinking Hulu yeah uh, sorry no it's yeah. not, well I just know there's one <laughs> review I read and it's like if you're immune to the star's charms you won't find it much of a treat and I'm like <laughs> you have to be like again this is like you know if you're still an Adam Sandler fan after. 25 yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. And the sad thing is, is you're watching this film and they put a lot of Sandler-isms in it, like canon Sandler-isms. There's like a bully kid on a bike that when he rides away, he says, oh, Doyle rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the um, the mean Ben Stiller nurse from um, from uh, Happy, not Happy Madison, Happy Gilmore is at the beginning of this movie. So I believe that character is in canon. So there's other like Happy Madison stuff that almost like ties Hoobie Halloween to the these universes. But it's just all dumb. I hate all of the jokes. I hate Adam Sandler's character um, because he's trying to play like a weird character, much like the water boy. But the water boy had charm to him. Yeah. Like Hoobie has like no charm to him at all. And they're 
they're kind of towing this weird line of like, is this character supposed to be mentally challenged? Like, so they're kind of doing that old nineties thing of just like, Oh, I'm making like a weird character, you know, that, and if if people thought about it more now, you would probably want to say like, Oh, he should be going to a therapist or be on medication to try to mitigate the way he moves throughout the world. Um, and people pick on him in this movie, so you just feel really bad for him because it's just like there's something wrong with this guy. You know, these people are so mean. It's not like they're just like being mean to like a nerd, you know. And it almost feels like this script was originally written to be a cartoon because wacky things happen that just totally throw off, you know, the this kind of universe that's built around Hubie because he has like this multi-purpose thermos where you could like make a joke like, oh, it's like a thermos, but if you flip it around, maybe there's a flashlight built into it or he has like a compass glued to the side. But no, there's like a grappling hook that shoots out of it. There's like a vacuum built into it. So it's totally <laughs> (laughs) destroying the laws of physics but it's a live action movie that like kind of hints at like ghosts and ghouls being in it but you never really quite see them and there's then there's really famous people in it like Shaq's in it Maya Rudolph like I said earlier Ben Stiller um, Steve Buscemi and it's just like why are you in this trash I mean I wasn't expecting to go all steam broccoli on this movie but like uh, Andy and I were just watching it and we were just like this is just awful here's why this is the product of a straight to streaming film uh-huh. Um, the, the, the budget's low, right? The quality's low. Uh, and they just like, Hey, we have some extra money. We're not going to spend it on production. We're going to hire these actors who are her friends. I mean, I, I, I could see literally why these people are in here because they're friends with them, but like mm-hmm. they probably didn't get the whole script. They're like, Hey, can you come do this scene for us real fast? Yeah. Can uh, you just kind of come? We'll just give you one it, page. <laughs> and, and, but this is a tip. I mean, again, you. Not not say you act surprised, but it is an Adam Sandler joint with all the the typical su- the usual suspects. If you yeah, will. I mean, I guess you just kind of hoped like, oh, he's busting out a new character or something he hasn't quite done in a while. No, no, no he has, know, this bra- is an uncut gems too, Mike. Pump your brakes, you know. Well, he 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 kept true to this word where he said if he if if the uncut gems didn't kind of get what it deserved through the award circuit, he was going to go back to making trash, and yeah. I, I I totally believe it. So. Steer clear of Hoobie Halloween just because it's PG-13 with some crass jokes, but I feel like the only people that could possibly enjoy this movie are children. And I I don't know if it's quite totally safe for kids, but I I don't. It's just so weird, Chris. I I cannot put my seal of approval on Hoobie Halloween. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. The only thing I the only reason I knew about it was because of that damn flask you were mentioning. So I was talking about I was like, it's like a Swiss Army flask. And he's like, yeah. Like that kind of thing. Or not a flash, but a thermos, I guess. Yeah, but I'll end my corn stream on the highest of highs. I think this would probably be the biggest recommendation I've ever given on the corn stream. And that is probably... Write the date down, folks. Hold on. Write the date down. my, 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 My favorite show that I've seen in a long time. It's just hilarious. It's heartwarming. I love the actors. I love the characters. I love everything about it. And... It'll shock you to know, Chris, that this uh, show is on Apple Plus, mm-hmm. a, uh, a platform we pretty much never talk about. And that's a show by the name of Ted Lasso. I mean, uh, I don't even know what to say beyond the name, but if you happen to come across it, either advertised to you or if you're on Apple Plus, you might not know anything about it because all you ever see is the name Ted Lasso and a picture of Jason Sudeikis, which is an actor I really, really love. So 
you know, I was curious about the show. I hadn't really checked it out, but I believe it was airing weekly and there's 10 episodes of it. So I believe the last episode just aired recently because people had been starting to recommend it online. And I was like, well, this must be a big deal because I have not seen anybody recommend anything from Apple Plus. So I was like, all right, I got to check it out, see what's going on here. We're a Jason Sudeikis household. So uh, we checked it out and it is just a delight. So I'll give you a quick breakdown, a rundown of what the what the story is because it's pretty straightforward. It's a um, a Division two college football coach uh, who gets a little bit of success from a team that he coaches, gets hired to fly across uh, the pond to coach a Premier League soccer team slash football team. And he's totally a fish out of water, out of his element. He has this, uh, Jason Sudeikis puts on this like Southern cat Kansas accent, which is uh, really fun and really charming. I don't know how authentic it is, but I, it's fun to listen to him. And he just plays this happy-go-lucky guy where nothing gets him down. He almost never uh, gets mad at anybody. He always believes in everything. And he's just like this pillar of joy. And then he's surround, surrounded by all of these curmudgeons that just do everything that they can just to really grind him down. But he's just so resilient and so positive. And just over these like 10 episodes, he just connects with people. And it's, it's almost kind of that same secret sauce that Parks and Rec has where it's just a bunch of nice people just trying to do their best but then hilarity ensues i get a lot of that out of ted lasso so you gotta watch this show i think it's totally worth uh even if you have to pay for a month of apple plus you'll watch these easily all within a week so you might even be able to get away with just the trial if they do those but you gotta watch ted lasso it's already been renewed for a third season and they haven't even started uh production on season two yet so uh, it's so good, and I don't even know anything about soccer. I barely keep up with sports, but they do a great job. Um, they do they do a great job letting anybody in on it because since Ted is also totally oblivious to soccer, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations where he's trying to catch up, trying to figure out what the rules of the Premier League are and stuff like that. So you, as an audience, you know, connect with him and learn along the way. But it's just it's so. Chris, it's so good. You mm-hmm. have to watch Ted Lasso. It's just hilarious. It's funny. It's heartwarming. Um, it's a great back-to-back with, like, the Great British Bake Off. You know, those people make you feel good. Ted Lasso will make you feel good. So, uh, you know, uh, watch Bly Manor, skip Hoobie Halloween, and then go check out uh, Ted Lasso. That's the Quarren stream for me, Chris. For you. So I went more classic here this week. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, because of last week's um, outside of the show joke where I was told I could not say busted makes me feel good <laughs> as many times as we could. If anyone caught that, I appreciate it. Um, I was told I couldn't do it. So I did it as many times as we could. And it's even in the show title, Mike. That's how, that's how far <laughs> we went. Um, I actually went and watched Ghostbusters both one and two this week. Um, mm-hmm. And to, to kind of go through and do that. Because, again, here's, here's the thing. Ghostbusters, this, this is not a Halloween movie. They're neither Halloween movies. I don't know if you know this. They're just <laughs> movies about New York. The second one is actually more Christmas time, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe. I think. I think the second was Christmas time. The first one's not kind of in the middle of nowhere. But um, what I really enjoy about these is you know the the eight this eighties group of people getting together. They all got their personalities. They all it just the movie just goes right. They don't set up like here's why ghosts are in the world or here's the history of ghosts. They just jump right into the movie. Both of them, mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Um, and what, what, what's disappointing about these movies and, and is I want more ghosts. I really wanted more <laughs> ghosts, but I think that's maybe like why their, their charm 
last so long is because they don't over give you the ghost so you don't overanalyze them um but if you watch you know there's a lot of like old classic stop motion uh for a lot of these ghosts like where they they do them and then they they put them in there because i think if they would have done them in like real actors like or the like the newer ones did the, the cg stuff i think that's like a it doesn't feel like a real ghost right it doesn't feel mm-hmm. real and tangible so um i definitely appreciate watching ghostbusters one two I, I remember Ghostbusters 2 more simply because they take the Statue of Liberty downtown. Um, mm. Well, we were we were also the right age for Ghostbusters 2. I've noticed yeah. a lot of people kind of in our age group will have more fond memories of Ghostbusters 2. And if you're older than us, you'll be like, oh, no, it's all about Ghostbusters 1. Ghostbusters 2 was just a cash grab for toys. And I was just like, well, you know, I was a child who played with toys. So, yeah, Ghostbusters 2, I remember the most. But um, what toys? But- I mean, that, that, that's, uh, maybe, maybe the real Ghostbusters animated show oh chris i had ghostbusters toys i had the ghostbusters firehouse Mm -hmm. that you could put the action figures in and i and i had the action figures for all the characters uh i think at one point in time we had a stay puff marshmallow man it wasn't gigantic though i think it was maybe more like eight inches tall or something like that but i think it got lost because i don't remember having it for a very long period well those are those are all you know the first movie thankfully so that's good I think uh, the only thing that ever come out of Ghostbusters that I, I wish would be out year-round is, of course, um, Ecto Cooler. Um, it's yeah. been a while since I've had them. I'm out, I'm out <laughs> fresh out of Ecto Coolers, Mike. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Got to, got to, also, I was going to say, Ghostbusters 2 was like that. It was like one of those first like um, free HBO weekend movies or whatever that you'd watch. Like They're just showing Ghostbusters 2 all weekend because they don't want to give mm-hmm. you the good movies. So um, there's that. And lastly, uh, I came home the other day and my wife was watching Hocus Pocus on TV. So we watched some Hocus Pocus uh, this this week. Uh, are, are you familiar? You're familiar, of course. I think we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, movies, like, I think, was you and I talked about the movie's not very well made, but it's still enjoyable at the end of the day. So um, Yeah, it's just kind of one of those classics. I, I mean, uh, it was, a, I believe it was a theatrical bomb. It didn't perform very well. It's kind of one of those things that's found its life. Uh, yeah. later so I mean you don't you, you don't watch it for many things except for just the charm of it mm-hmm. you know just imagine being a, a kid when you watched it and yeah. you know there's there's not a whole lot of family friendly Halloween movies well, uh, and you know Hoobie Halloween is definitely a, well, a, a, a drop off the cliff so <laughs> well, I, th- I, I don't think there's a lot of family I think there are a lot of family I mean there's Adam's families and stuff like that but like I think the the thing about you know, Hoax is I think people, the actors in that are trying so hard to do their best. Like, they're good actors, right? Like, you've got you know, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, Doug uh, Doug Jones, who's known for, like, you know, being in all the Guillermo del Toro movies. Uh, they're good actors. They're trying their hardest, but, like, and that's what makes the charm of the movie that much better. Because if they were just mm-hmm. in a movie, like, like, oh, we're in a bad movie, we're gonna, not going to give our best. Yeah, it doesn't. Good. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like people are there just for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's the, that's the fun part of it. So there's that. But I, I you know, this is enough. We we we've we've gone on thirty minutes without actually getting to the news, and and people want to know the last bit of our quarantine, Mike. Is season two of The Mandalorian. Ooh, season two of Mando is back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't believe it's been a year since we've been able to watch Mando. Uh, mm-hmm. I sent a picture to the screen, to the to the the group chat of my TV, where Roku has a little advertisement on the side, and I'm yeah. already seeing Baby Yoda toys advertised. They are prepared. They are ready this yeah. year uh, for people getting uh, Baby Yodas in their stockings and, and, and in their uh, gifts. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I was prepared. I was ready to go. Chris, uh- you 
mentioned to me that you were going to wake up at like 7 a.m. to watch this. I waited until the evening, and I mostly avoided spoilers. Yes. So we're going to, at the top here of this segment, we're going to, to avoid spoilers. But it, it would be weird if we don't talk about some of the cool stuff that happened yeah. in this episode. So uh, check out the information section of the podcast player, or if you're listening on YouTube in the comments. We got time codes. So if you haven't watched it yet, which would be surprising, I would think the cross-section of people that really like our podcast hopefully would have gotten around to watching episode one. But who knows? You could have a hectic life, and you're on the go, and you haven't had a chance to watch it. So uh, check out the time codes yeah. if you don't want to hear the spoilers. But at the top, let's talk non-spoilers from Mandalorian. No, did non- you wake up at 7 a.m. to watch it? No, I did not. Well, I actually <laughs> did. I woke up at 7 I was like, I'm so goddamn tired. Um, and, and then I knew my day was so busy I wouldn't be able to watch it. I actually didn't get to it till Saturday morning. Um, and I talked to you about this a little bit because I got my new lights in for my, my TV. And so I was going to try to watch it there. And I didn't do that either. But um, I, what I what I enjoy about this episode, Mike, is they, they do play what you enjoyed. The little recap before the episode built mm-hmm. into the episode. So if you're like, ah, oh, do I need to watch all of season one? Which sounds, which sounds trivial, but if... If I'm correct, is this the very first season two of a Disney Plus original? Like, we, I wasn't actually 100% it, sure if they were going oh, to play a recap in front of it or not. Of something of this caliber, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we get a two-minute recap off the top of yeah, what happened in season two. Exactly. One. And it, it hits the highlights. It doesn't ruin any – it doesn't go through everything, but it hits the highlights and what matters, which is cool. But what I enjoyed the most about this episode is, Mike, it doesn't hold our hand. It doesn't give us a – I guess like a, a mystery, a new mystery, a new something. It just hits the ground running and it just yeah. goes. And that's and just, why I really like it. <laughs> and just like the title, it's called Chapter 9. Yeah. So it really just seems like a continuation. You know, like, I feel like if you ever, you know, binge watch these all in a row, you know, yeah, it will just feel like, okay, the adventure is continuing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like if, if you hadn't seen any and you're watching them and you get, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you never know there was a skip. Really, like mm-hmm. it just goes right into it, and it's so fun. And you know, there are a couple things about this episode, Mike. I'll tell you there. I think I can tell where they had to rush some production, um, possibly mm-hmm. due to, you know, shutdown for half the year, uh, if not more. Um, but and, but I don't think it takes away from the quality of the episode and how strong these characters are, and how much like you know you don't see his face, but you love the Mandalorian. Uh, baby Yoda doing Baby Yoda stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The, this child, he is he is holding true to what he is, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and some other uh, some other familiar locales from season one, uh, which was fun. So, um, I, I, I'm trying I'm trying to not say anything about this episode, mm-hmm. uh, very very carefully. Um, but there are Easter eggs like nobody's Ooh. business. You'd think it was April. Yeah, out the wazoo. I had a chance to watch it twice. So the second time I watched it, I was taking notes. So I kind of remember to bring these things up. So I knew we were going to have to talk spoilers. Uh, But before we get to that, um, this episode is longer for sure. So Chris, if you intended to watch this early morning on a Friday, uh, I think a lot of these episodes are going to be longer. You're going to have to wake up a little bit earlier because this one clocked in around like 50 minutes, maybe 50 and some change. It was like 54, I think 52 if you take out the intro yeah but i mean uh uh just this one feels more like a western than 
any of the other episodes that have been out there, in my opinion. You know, you get a lot of classic homages to kind of like Western mm-hmm. towns and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, uh, riding out into the into like, you know, I, I don't want to call it wilderness because it's like desert. But, you know, you get a lot of that going on. So I appreciate a lot of that stuff. It's felt like, it, you know, that that's how because a lot that's how a lot of people were describing season one so it kind of feels like they went all in on this episode if i had to if i had to ding the mandalorian in any sort of way because i just have so much fun when i'm watching it but i if i had to ding it in any way i'm kind of really desperately looking through for a through line you know Mm. when we left off on mando he had this journey where he's going to try to return the child to its original home but like it still feels like we're in a very episodic zone still for the Mandalorian. So it kind of feels like an like a an older cartoon where it's just like, hey, we need you to crank out a hundred episodes of this cartoon. Don't make the narrative connect really in any way because we're gonna air these all out of order in the afternoon when kids get off the school bus. So don't worry about a through line. So even though the Mandalorian does have a little bit of it, it's not a whole lot. So I hope as the season moves along, maybe things connect and build well, a little bit more. We got a little bit of that in season one, but I I'm remember really, specifically your complaint about season one was that exact complaint. Mm. Um, but it all worked together. I think you know all of them tied together. But like you know, they are. I mean, I don't know. Um, are they doing different directors per episode in this again? Um, I'm not yeah. 100% sure. But yeah, they, not, the thing is, it, that. it is only the first episode. It's the season premiere, so things could change. But if they decide that that's just not how they want to tell the story of The Mandalorian, I'll just have to kind of maybe just mentally change and just kind of sit myself in a different chair mm. when I watch it. Just because a lot of the drama, drama sci-fi stuff that I watch, you know, there's there's a through line most of the time. Like anything that's usually more than like 20 minutes and it's not a comedy usually has some sort of a overarching story. But, you know, maybe we'll get it. Maybe, well, you know, maybe we well, won't. The overarching story is what you mentioned. Get the child to his people. Mm-hmm. We just don't know how he's going to get there yet. Like there's yeah. not a clear path. And I think they're purposely not giving that yet because what I think, and you know, we'll talk about here, here probably in spoilers is I think they were going to open up the Star Wars lore a lot more for us along this journey than we did before. Yeah, I think I mean, one, was, one played it very safe. Two, I think, is going to go a little more wild. Yeah, I mean, the us. big plus here is, like I said, even though it's a complaint, I'm still having a great yeah. time. So uh, do you want to jump in the spoilers? I see you have a little yeah. bit of news here. Do you want to talk about that The only other news is, you know, we will confirm Ahsoka Tano was not in this episode. <laughs> um, but the, the India... Um, account for Disney Plus shared this image saying pretty much confirming Rosario Dawson is set to play the clone giant, but they had to delete this like right afterwards. So mm-hmm. um I think they're really, really holding this close to their chest on, on what if if it's gonna be a flashback or real life or what what that's gonna look yeah, like. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks like a what would you say it's Disney India? Uh, yeah, yeah, Disney Plus India's account. Yeah, yeah they Instagram. shared that. Yeah, it's like a little infographic uh, that yeah. says Rosario Dawson is set to play the famous Clone Wars uh, Jedi. Yeah. So, and they're like, what does he look like? Well, we don't know yet. We're not going to show oh, you. Oh, yeah. So. The, the little hot star logo that, yeah, that is India. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to jot down the spoiler code here, Mike, because we're going to get into this a little bit. Yeah, let, um, yeah let's get into it because. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka might not have been revealed, but we got mm-hmm. a couple reveals uh, in this episode. And uh, <laughs> man, I was so glad to see my boy Timothy Oliphant. I mean, yeah. we like we like Jason Sudeikis in this household, but man, Timmy O, as I like to call him, he is my favorite. Well- I um I told Andy when we were watching this episode, I was like, yeah, Timothy Oliphant's supposed to be in the season. 
but I don't know 100% what episode he's supposed to be in. But then when the episode started to move along and, you know, he was talking about other Mandalorians and Mandalorian armor, I was just like, oh, this is going to be it. So when the Boba Fett armor yeah. walks into the bar and, like, Timothy Oliphant's voice is behind the helmet, like, my wife kind of looks over at me. I was like, is that, is that Timmy Oliphant? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, so so uh, the Mandalorian goes back to Tatooine, right? He, mm-hmm. he I, I think let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, Timmy O was a great thing. And I think when you mentioned Western, you know, he was in uh, what, um, Deadwood? Justifi- Justified. Justified. He might have been in Deadwood, but I, I know he was in Justified. Justified, which, you know, playing a gunslinger. And this, he's doing the same thing again, which mm-hmm. was awesome he, because, he's, you know, the Mandalorian. He's like, great at it. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, he, he's been typecast uh, forever now as this. Um, but I want to jump back. To, so I don't know if you noticed this, but whenever he went to the the main bad guy, the um, I guess not the main bad guy, but the the Cyclops. gangster, yeah. yeah, the Cyclops Gore Koresh. That w- I was looking. I thought it was John Farrow doing the voice of this character. It's John Leguizamo who did that character. Oh, okay. Um, Super Mario Brothers own uh, Luigi. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a feeling it was somebody known just because it, it, I feel like in these uh, Star Wars shows whenever there's like a monster where you can't see their face or something like oh there's an actor under there that I yeah. know I just don't know who it is <laughs> yeah so I thought that was fun but, th- but then we go back to Tatooine we get we get a uh, revisit I forget the character's name um, uh, Pelly uh, Amy Sedaris on Tatooine mm-hmm. there who wants to buy the, the baby but not really <laughs> yeah, but, yeah she says if that thing divides or buds <laughs> give me a call <laughs> yeah so uh, which is cool so I'm uh, we we go and we meet uh, Timothy Oliphant. The what was he called? The Marshal in yeah, this little island. I, most yeah. most people go. Um, and then what was cool was right after that he's riding a cycle out to take down this crate dragon. Right. So this is the the you know as we talked about crate dragons are the big mystery monster. You need a boss mm-hmm. in Star Wars. You fight a crate dragon. Um, Knights of the Old Republic fans will know. But he's riding what looks to be Anakin's pod racer. Yeah, um, I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure if that was indeed his, but I was like, oh, that's definitely Pod Racer yeah. Remnants, which I thought was a super cool Easter egg. And like you said, you thought this might be straight up Easter with all the eggs yeah. in here um, and possibly yeah. a literal egg at the end. I'm not 100% sure. N- n- not the pearl. The pearl's <laughs> not an egg. It, it's, that's like a, a prize possession, if you will. Yeah, I actually found that out when I was doing a lot of my Crate Dragon research. Yeah, I was on mm-hmm. Wikipedia this weekend. I had to figure this out. Crate Dragons, like Chris said, range in size. There, there's some that are more like, like I want to say, like large animal sizes and obviously they expand up to the size of a mountain in this episode but I was looking at all of the appearances or mentions that crate dragons have had and it seems like they're mainly popping up in video games I mean like talk about a boss that you need to fight in a game or just any creature is just like like hey guys did you know that there's dragons in Star Wars oh what are they called it's the crate dragon oh yeah put that in this game we're putting them in every Star Wars review game ever well well, here's the thing I mean the crate dragon bones are made infamous in uh, A New Hope right Mm -hmm. when C3 is walking across the dragon or the desert, and there's these dragon bones behind him. Like, what hell of a creature is on this planet? And it's <laughs> apparently a crate dragon who actually ate a sarlacc out of its pit oh, and was yeah. using that pit as a home, which was a cool little thing. Like, oh, yeah. What that, do you mean there's something more dangerous than a sarlacc? <laughs> that um, was really cool. I love the idea of, to me, since I didn't really know much about the crate dragon, I was like, oh, they're introducing a new beast to me, and then they're making it super badass by letting me know that the only other beast I know about really on Tatooine has been killed by it. So yeah. that really upped the ante uh, for me. But speaking about, like, the little... Um, the little tidbits and hints, we get to see the ice cream maker again oh, that yeah. holds all of the, what are the, not kyber crystals, the 
Kaiser crystals or what are those? Yeah, there's, there's some sort of like little purple crystals that he um, yeah. that the, the the marshal uses to buy Boba Fett's armor from Jawas. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Another another cool thing that I caught when they uh that when they show up to that uh town at the beginning, I noticed that uh there's a character that has a hairstyle very similar to Qui Gon's. So mm-hmm. I like the idea that you know they're using the the hair inspiration, and then there's another character that's dressed very similarly to Leia, which I thought was kind of cool, like in a, in like kind of like a white gown, and yeah. I don't think they hair was quite in buns but it was best definitely well, an updo so yeah they're they sprinkle the star well, wars love in this show the, wherever they can put it, it there was also the mando hits uh, them the, the marshall's jetpack and makes him fly away uh, just like yeah, how yeah, boba yeah. fett died in uh that um there was some i was gonna say something else but like the, oh the, the the sand people the uh the tuscan raiders got a really good standout in this you know like yeah i'm working sure with them and showing them yeah. as people i like i'm sure they've had extended lore in like a book or a comic book but they Not, this was the first time we've seen like live action lore added to them which i thought was pretty cool like mando yeah. he's the man like he's the dude that you want on the ground doing your job because he can make friends with anybody exactly like he he's out there talking to these people i mean he, he did it in the first episode right or the first season right but like mm-hmm. you've seen it flesh out you know th- there are really no tuscan raider things and and it was it was sad to see the banthas being used as bait but you know <laughs> making making you feel for these characters yeah there. my wife was really real. sad uh because you know the way they kill the crater dragon at the end is feeding it an explosive explosive bantha and they kind of they kind of um uh, telegraph it in a shot where Amanda like looks over at this thing yeah. covered in bombs and like my wife is just like oh no what's about yeah. to happen so I think I might have to yeah. uh, I think I might have to get her a gift yeah. of like a stuffed well, banther or something like that what, 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 at the end of the day what is cool is Amanda was eaten by this creature mm-hmm. the crate dragon and was able to escape before he blew it up right out of the mouth just like another famous Mandalorian who shows up at the end of this episode. Oh, man. Um, so confirmation <laughs> in Star Wars, Mike. Full confirmation. Full stop. Boba Fett's alive. Alive. And, I mean, I did my best to avoid spoilers. The only spoiler that I did get before I watched the show was just the headline of just like, oh, let's talk about the character reveal at the end of the season premiere of The Mandalorian. And I was just like, man, now I know that there's going to be a reveal at the end of the episode. Oh, so, well, there always was going to be. You yeah, know that. That's what they did with Baby Yoda last year. So I thought possibly maybe they were talking about uh, just Boba Fett in general being in the episode and you know I, I don't know exactly what website was doing this article so I was like oh they're probably just talking about the Boba Fett armor so I was just kind of expecting to see that in the episode so once they added that tag at the end I was like oh yeah there it is yeah, you have, yeah, to, you have full, to be full, really keen eyed if you're if you're just a casual Star Wars fan you know there's a really good chance you don't know who the hell that well, was well my wife didn't know um, offhand she's like who is that I'm like well that's Tamura Morrison. She's like, well, who's that? I'm like, well, he's only played a couple thousand characters in Star Wars. Um, and then it's like, okay, stop beating around the bush, husband. Yeah, Please just yeah, tell me who much. this person is. Um, so he he originally played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. who is the um, actual uh, basis for all the clones, and they have one genetically unmodified clone made for him, mm-hmm. Boba. Boba Fett grows up in this. He'd be about 50 in the 50, 50 age range Mm -hmm. uh, because Boba Fett is an unmodified clone. meaning he does not age rapidly like the clones did, Mm -hmm. uh, which would be about 70 or older in the show. So if people are like, well, is it a clone or is it Boba Fett? It's Boba Fett because 
he would literally be that age yeah. at this point in the series. And also, um, it's just like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they know what people want. They're not just going to yeah. do a whole episode about Boba Fett's armor and then at the end fake you out with a clone, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't be that mean. Yeah, well, it was fun to see Boba Fett's armor in use when he used the rocket, you know, a couple of times. Oh, and... the double jetpack scene. I love that when they both shot oh, yeah. up to get on that cliff to start shooting him. I was like, hell yeah, I love jetpacks. We're seeing two, uh, we're seeing a vintage Mando and the new Mando. Mando flying around. Ugh, it was great. I loved it. And I really liked how they didn't go out of their way to make the Mandalorian armor fit Timothy Oliphant because he's yeah. a tall guy. He looked actually kind of goofy in the armor. Yeah. But if you really think about it, if he's a marshal, if he's just trying to protect his people, he doesn't really care what he looks like. He needs tough armor that can withstand those revolt of those miners uh, well, in the town. Well, so he's just like, yeah, give me that armor. I don't care what I look like in it. Yeah, I'll look a little goofy, but I mean, it wasn't made for me. Well, they kind of look like a like I was just like this looks like a bad Halloween costume for something. Yeah, like, like you bought like a you bought like a like a twelve year old Halloween. The, the costume last to the it. last Boba Fett costume on the shelf was <laughs> made for children, and you're like, I'm gonna make this work. Somehow. Yeah. Um, but I I thought it was really cool. I mean, this is only episode one, so I know there's gonna be more. He took a piece of that meat that we talked about earlier before the show. So like I think he's gonna he he didn't say where he was going next, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was sent to this 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 uh planet from uh, Gor Korish. So. Where where's he going next? When will um, Grief Carva and Cara Dune show back up? I don't know. I'm a lot of questions, not a lot of answers, Mike. And I'm very excited for next week's episode. Oh, I mean, uh, I I loved being back into the Mando world because one thing that Star Wars, whether you hate the movies or you like certain movies or whatever, the music. The mm-hmm. score is so good. I loved hearing the Mando score again. It was just great. There's like a there's like the Mando score that's kind of like the low thumping. That's yeah. great. But and then and then there's also that grandiose one that they've made for the show that kind of is reminiscent more of like a big Star Wars score. I love that one too. So yeah, the music is always good, and I, I love hearing it again. It's kind of like the you know they always say that like smell is the strongest sense tied to memory. I feel like mm. sounds got to be the second because yeah, like well, man, once I hear it, I'm in it. It's it's iconic and it's unique. You, you know, you're not hearing other themes like that yet. Someone will both come out and, and try to rip it off. But like it's it's beautiful. Again, not to not to say anything, but like you know, um, they actually edit this in Dolby Atmos, Mike. So like mm-hmm. my new sound system was like feeding me Star Wars <laughs> every direction. I'm like, this is amazing. This is what I want going forward. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm sad it's week to week, but at the same time, I'm like. A, a nice, a nice ritual is good. You got for something show. to look forward to, man. Yeah, don't have to bang it out on a Friday because everyone <laughs> will ruin it on Sunday for you. So, I love it. All right, spoilers over. Let's jump into some next Star Wars news. Uh, there's interest in Star Wars single player games. Mike, did you know this? Yo, apparently the Force, uh, not the Force Unleashed. The um, was that one? The Last Jedi or the. Not the last Jedi, the Jedi one. Fallen I always forget. I always forget the name. I own it, and I don't remember the yeah. name of the game. Jedi Fallen Order has really got a, a long, strong sense about that, you know. Um, and EA has said that they are interested in working on, or like they have started working on the Force Unleashed three, the third game in the series, which is was previously left on a cliffhanger, if you will. Oh, I didn't um, know. I mean, I always I, the thing I remember the most about that game is people seem to really connect with the gameplay. I remember mm-hmm. when that first one came out it was kind of not really revolutionary but it was different from what we've been getting from a lot of star wars games and you were kind of um you were vader's disciple right so you kind of started out as the bad guy and i believe that kind of evolves into a good guy over time yeah so so you're fighting you know you're fighting vader and then the second one you're fighting vader and the emperor at one point so 
Um, you know, you're very strong, and it did end on a cliffhanger, which is sad. But like, you know, they've refined a lot of those Force technologies with uh, Jedi Fallen Order, um, and you know, new consoles and and computers. So, I mean, this would be great to go revisit that, and you know, just have a fun game that could sit outside of this universe and be like, he, yeah, here's some Star Wars. Like he was, well, he was iconic for being the character that kind of held his lightsaber upside down, right? That was kind of like his shtick, on, I think. On right? on the cover, yeah, he yeah, had okay. that, and yeah. then on um, the actor who did that, I forget his name. He went on to voice Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Oh, hey. Um, so, like, he, he actually, you know, it's still in the Star Wars universe. Sam Whitworth, that's his name. Yeah, it's all um, one big Star Wars happy family, right? Yeah. That, the game's fun. If you ever, if you don't get to play it, I, I, I get it, but, like, that's a good game to go back and revisit if you got some downtime. They're probably so. cheap, too. You could probably get both of them in, like, some sort the, of online pack for, like, 20 bucks or something. Oh, even less than that. They gave them out free for Xbox players this past oh, yeah. uh, couple years. So, oh, um, this is a free option, too. Yeah. Well, probably disc version. You could probably get them even cheaper than that if you wanted to. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if Force of Lonely if you're interested, we're keep you posted on that but speaking of video games mike this was probably the coolest thing i saw all week in video game mm-hmm. world uh spider-man miles morales is less than a month away um coming out playstation 4 and playstation 5 and they revealed the first look at the the, the iconic into the spider-verse suit mm-hmm. and not only do you get the suit mike they added extra features to this to make it that much more authentic mm-hmm. and one of that is like a lower frame rate while you're swinging through the city to match up with the movie's Mm-hmm. low frame rate um, of him swinging, which I think is fantastic, but I look like the game was breaking the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little jarring, especially since on, like, next-gen consoles, you're probably going to be playing in, like, 60 FPS, and you're having him going at, like, 12 FPS. Yeah. It, it's just a fun, like, it's just, it's smart, because it's like, you knew that they were going to add the suit to the game, because it's all owned by Sony, so, like, why yeah. the hell wouldn't you? So it's just like, yeah, go the extra mile and make it, like, a little unique, so it's just not straight up a skin that's changing. Yeah, exactly. And then they also added sound effects on screen. So I'm like, you hit someone to like say pow or stuff like that on like finishers. So like, you know, we talked about the spider cat thing before. This is even a little, just another cool thing they've added with that's like made the the gameplay a little more fun without being, I think, as serious as the first Spider-Man one was. I haven't, I haven't kept up on all of the gameplay demos. I'm sure there's lots of them out there by now, but I watched this whole video and there's this cool thing where you can do like this venom dash when you're like swinging through the city. Uh, you can like charge up and you can boost forward. I think in the original Spider-Man game, it was like this. It was like the zip line thing where you could just shoot mm. a web straight and then move forward. But you can like charge up Venom and kind of propel yourself like a rocket. So that's not uh, that's independent from the suit, but that was in the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was kind of weird. I mean, the Spider-Man missions kind of always had this flaw in the game where some of the missions kind of seem pointless. Like the mission specifically in this gameplay video is Miles has to go turn on some antennas around the city so yeah. the firefighter uh, can call for backup for this bur- that this building that's burning down. But I'm just like. Is this specific to his walkie-talkie, or is this like all cell phones are down in the area? Because the bad guys that the bad guys specifically want the building to burn down, so they're jamming communications. But I just kept thinking, hey, Spidey, instead of you know going around and like turning these antennas back on, why don't you just go to the fire station or just grab somebody's cell phone and make a call? Or if you can't make the call, just like zip on over to the fire station. It's like, hey, there's a building burning down the street. Maybe go help out your friend because he can't call you. So I mean, you know, some of those missions. No, Mike. This is classic <laughs> Spider-Man missions. It has so, gone back 20 yeah. years now. So the mission was a little contrived, but that's kind of besides the point. It, it just, the game is going to be fun because swinging around is the whole point of the game to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, and you get a, a Spider-Man who's not as, I guess, um, 
fluid, not as not as um. He's cooler. He's just as, straight up cooler. In yeah, <laughs> as Peter, he's learning all the ropes, so you you're gonna get a, do a lot of new stuff. I, I expect some repeats from the other one, but at the same time. Um, they are unveiling the suits as they go. There's a lot more. You can check those out online, but I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the big one because I think someone said there's like 45 suits in the in the, the first game now. So I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of suits. And Miles doesn't have that many suits. He's not been around that long. So <laughs> they'll make some I'm, suits for him for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see where that kind of goes. In the Marvel Universe, Moon Knight is one of the upcoming Disney Plus shows, right? They're working on. Um, mm-hmm. They're hiring showrunners and filmers and stuff. And we always want to know who's going to be. Moon Knight. Who's going to play Mark Spector? And right now, the one person in talks who's probably going to take this role is Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. the one and only, who is known for being Apocalypse and X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Not his fault, but he's still a good actor. But he was also Poe Dameron in all the Star Wars movies. Also, probably not his fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can tell he's still within that Disney family. I mean, I don't know if this confirms it as official, but if you check out his IMDb page, uh, he's listed as announced for Moon Knight. So I guess we'll see yeah. how that goes. I mean, we were talking about Tatiana Maslany being, you know, announced yeah. for uh, She Hulk. So all this stuff well, always goes through his contracts and, either way. Until Marvel says it. It's they're in talk, so I mean that's the best way to put it. But yeah, like it, 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 most of those time those go through. So yeah, I mean I think this is great casting. I know a lot of people were really, um, really pushing for uh, Keanu Reeves, but I'm starting to feel like the myth of Keanu Reeves is starting to really outpace any role he could possibly take. Right? You know, it's just hard for me to imagine him being a superhero because he's like himself is already like a superhero, which makes sense for him to make his brand, his own characters like. Oh, he can be John Wick because he can just make any character he wants because it's basically him. So, I mean, I'm not upset that it's not Keanu Reeves, but I'm almost just kind of curious. Like, maybe he's just too cool to be a superhero. Like, he doesn't, like, he almost doesn't need Marvel, right? One of those few actors where he's like, he doesn't need the cachet of being attached to a property. He can just go make his own stuff. So, yeah, I'm not upset that it didn't end up being the fan casting that everybody wanted. He's also working on his own comic book that he's been writing called Berserker. Mm -hmm. Um, as well. So, you know, maybe he's saving himself for his own like adaptation of his stuff. And then what, I mean, he, in the, 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 we talked about cyberpunk 2077. He's one of the main characters. Um, he's got a lot going on right now. I, I he may not need the Marvel stuff yet, but he could also be saving himself for a larger movie in the right director. So maybe not, maybe he'd be the bad guy in blade. I I, (laughs) I could see him in a vampire supernatural movie. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine him tying himself down multi contract yeah. to lots of films. Like I could see yeah, I could see maybe villain, like one shot villain possibly yeah. that pops up again maybe in an Avengers movie down the line. Yeah. I, th- there's there's a lot of opportunity for it. So I mean, let's uh it's not kind of out yet, but I mean Oscar Isaac, big great actor, is uh, inside mm. uh Lewin Davis, uh other other big movies. Like he he's a, he's a great actor. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he will be a great Mark Spector because Mark Spector has the crazy ability of having multiple personalities in him mm-hmm. um, that come and go. So they could be like, it's easy, like a suave billionaire or like some sort of his regular mercenary persona or like a little girl. So, you know, you have to play all these as an actor. So it's not going to be easy, but I think, you know, yes. having Oscar Isaac in this will be yeah. somebody with multiple personalities. One of those personalities is always manic. So mm-hmm. I feel like he plays a good manic character and you see a lot of that. in um, what's the second star Wars film he's in, uh, uh rise of uh, return of Jedi or Re- uh, no, uh, uh, the last Jedi, right? Last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. yeah, man. The, all these names now just flow into each other. I can never remember them, but yeah, the last Jedi, he, he gets pretty manic in that movie. So I can see him pulling manic off at least. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that and also, like, you know, suave, sophisticated, like, his, like, confident personality in that as well, like, uh, in, like, the the Force Awakens kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here, and I, I, I think it's a great call. So, hopefully, you know, we get, a, we get to see this come to fruition sooner than later. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of Marvel, they're working on Blade, right? And uh, one of the, the cool things uh, they said this week was Marvel's actually considering a TV show on Disney Plus for Blade before uh, Mahershala Ali signed on. So. Oh. Um, that would have probably been a cool announcement, but I, I'm I'm fine with the movie uh, still that we don't have any other information on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, star power was possibly the decision at hand. I mean, Mahershala Ali, uh, Oscar winning uh, actor, you know, and even though big name actors are doing streaming content, you know, he's still kind of at his prime right now. He's he's mm-hmm. he's considered, I would say, fresh off of his Academy Award that, that I think is just maybe like maybe two or three years old at this point. Was it the Green Book? Uh, no, it was Moonlight, wasn't it? Shit, I don't mm, remember. Either way. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but he also, I mean, again, if you remember, in his his short streaming career at uh, Netflix on Luke Cage was a phenomenal TV. Mm-hmm. So um, he may have been burned by that since he was only in half the season. <laughs> maybe he's like, I want a movie. They're like, all right, you get a movie now. <laughs> you, you want mm-hmm. Blade? Yeah, he's a movie. So, um, oh, he yeah, he won best supporting for Green Book, but I I think he also won one for uh, Moonlight as well. I mean, he's got yeah. uh he's got a lot of nominations. Uh, this <laughs> he gets a lot of he gets a lot yeah, of awards. Great, great actor into a movie that that nothing against the original Blade. It's just of its time, right? Late nineties. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I'd love to have a reboot. See, but- this is why we were we were both right, Chris. He won best supporting for Green Book and Moonlight. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah he, he's out there winning everything. He's got Emmys for House of Cards, True Detective, Rami, uh, nominated for all of those. Um, one for We Are the Dream, the kids of Oakland MLK Orchestral Fest. Uh, that must be like some sort of like short or special or something like that. But yeah, this dude's out here winning everything, and they're probably like, "We got Mahershala, man. We can make a movie out of this. We don't have to. We don't have to put him on Disney Plus. Let's get him in the box office." Yeah. What What movie do you want, buddy? He's like, <laughs> "I want Blade." All right, yours. Sorry, uh, Wesley Snipes, you're you're out. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's fun. This is because good stuff. I mean, TV show would have been good. Movies even better, right? Mm-hmm. So. Sign it up. The Assassin's Creed games gets this new Valhalla version in a couple weeks, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Where they go into the, the Viking mythology. But Netflix says, to hell with that, let's make a TV show out of this. So <laughs> they uh, struck a deal, I believe, with Ubisoft to make several, if they want to make several properties. But the first one is a live action series um, based on the Assassin's Creed world and mythos. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to defer to you because between the two yeah. of us, you're the only one that saw the the film. And I saw it recently. <laughs> it was like this summer somehow. Yeah. It was like on somewhere. I think it was at my parents' house during like a like a like a gathering or something. But like, you know, when you have um, Michael Fassbender's a great actor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he couldn't save that that movie, and it's not his fault. Um, but I think what happens here is you know, Assassin's Creed's hard because it, there is so much mythos, right? You're not time traveling; you're revisiting memories of someone who was in that era, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird with animators, but there's a lot of cool effects. Now what I was, people are like, well, it didn't really work for the movie, but here's the thing. Uh, Netflix took the Witcher and turned that game, sprawling game, sprawling novel series into something cool. 
Yeah, I um, feel like almost any narrative is improved by being a series uh, yes. in almost every aspect just because you get more time. Like, I could easily imagine The Witcher being a movie and being awful, but the fact that they had time to sit with it and tell a story, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this could this could be a good thing for Assassin's Creed. Exactly, and they can pick anything they want. They can, they can do a movie adaptation. They can make their own thing. They can do um, something adjacent even to the, mm-hmm. to the game series and be totally fine. Because they don't have to work together like that. Um, they also said that they were going to do an anime series with this as well um, at the same time, <laughs> which is Netflix is diving into anime. At, yeah. at a, at, they're barreling into it right now. With I, I only kind of chuckle at it because I feel like every kind of nerdy property at some point in time gets like an anime adaption. I mean, I always think of like like the video game Dead Space, like they made like some anime stuff for that, you know? So it almost kind of feels like anime almost feels like a step above like the comic book adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, oh, let's expand on the lore. Let's make a comic book. Or like, oh, do we have a little bit more money? Like, hey, let's make an anime offshoot. And I always tell myself I'm going to go watch these because like, oh, this would be really cool. And I'd never get around to it because it's always like a one-off thing. Or if it gets more than one episode, you're never going to see a second season of it just because they're never really that serious to begin with about it and, and it could become a movie so here's the thing netflix um did this with the witcher do you remember this in january they announced uh, an anime like backstory of like his um mentor um yeah, yeah kind so, of so like they're <laughs> able to expand the universe without making tv shows Mm-hmm. And dive and tap into that anime loving audience. Well, um, and also anime is kind of the only solution. Like animation is the only thing yeah. that can really go into production right now. So maybe they're hedging their well, bets. Like, hey, I mean, the Castlevania stuff is you know taking off. The Castlevania anime series is really positively reviewed, uh, and I, I assume people are watching it because it's gotten at least three seasons, which is hard to do at Netflix. And that same animation studio, Powerhouse Studios, that makes Castlevania is also making a brand new property that's not attached to any IP. It's just about Greek gods, and they've made that all in-house. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe any of this uh, anime stuff you know, goes to that same studio well, that has a pretty good uh, tenure with these, uh, with these IPs. Well, here, here's the thing also is, you know, um, not, not to, to get... Like so, we don't get political on the show, but like America's about the only country who's not who's still shut down, right? Maybe <laughs> England. So other yeah. countries, especially Japan, where they make anime, they're back to work. They're doing everything. So I I, I don't see this being like something that's gonna be delayed, but like or extra, but like you know Netflix is like we can tap into this pretty quickly, um, and even get maybe an, an I guess what maybe an intro series t- turned around yeah. before a live action one did. Yeah, I mean all I can say is if we want to segue in the next topic, topic they better keep pushing out stuff because we gotta yeah. keep we gotta pay more for it. Now. That's right. That's why I said Netflix has raised their prices yet again. Um, it's uh, only a dollar for the standard plans, but two dollars for the premium plans. So mm-hmm. they say they don't like people sharing their accounts, but at this rate, you're gonna have to. <laughs> um, the premium plan is the only one with 4K and four devices, and it'll be now $18 a month, um, which is getting up there, Mike. That's, yeah. It's getting I, up there. I mean, I got a couple of things to, to say here. Uh, uh, number one, I would say that, you know, Netflix knows what they're doing. You'll always kind of get like these armchair quarterbacks. They're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Netflix is going to go under. Are they insane? This is way too expensive. I'm canceling. Yeah. And then they never get around to canceling. Chris, I think you're the only person I know that has ever actually canceled Netflix. I did. And you, and you didn't really do it out of like a principle or something like that. You're just like, I'm just uh, not watching it that much. I, I wasn't I using it. And yeah, <laughs> and, like it's not like I hate them or 
the price was too much. I'm like, I'm just not yeah. using it, so there's no need for it. Yeah, I mean, this is just like classic kind of just economics. You know, they've run numbers. They're just like, yeah, we're probably going to lose some subscribers, but everyone's going to be paying us more money. So at net, we're going to be making more, and we're obviously still going to be pushing for new subscribers and other, and other avenues. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If it backfires, you know, they'll probably oh. pivot and they'll change the price of some plans. So, you know, luckily everything is streaming competition now so you know you know you'll see advertisements from like hbo max saying like hey guess what we're cheaper you know or disney plus will come in and say like hey we don't even charge extra for 4k come subscribe with us this is where your money deserves to be so that's what that's what's great about having a marketplace like this but one thing that does worry me just a little bit is this is officially uh, a streaming provider pushing the needle a little bit seeing how well it goes. I mean, as of right now, I mean, I always considered HBO Max to be kind of the premium streaming service because, you know, I was paying $15 for HBO. The only reason I'm paying less right now is because I'm in that sweet promo period, but it will mm-hmm. go back up to 15 bucks. So now that Netflix is pushing the needle, I'm just like, okay, Netflix, you're definitely giving me quantity for sure. But I mean, come on, I just talked about Hoobie Halloween. Uh, some of the stuff that you're putting out really isn't that great because you're just kind of spraying and praying you know just to get more subscribers so it seems like they're really trying to guess like how far can we push the price of a streaming service my guess is none of them will ever go over 20 bucks because i feel like once you hit that 20 dollar marker people are really going to be making monthly cost decisions on like that's 20 dollars. i mean like come on you can't really do the cups of coffee equation you know that people kind of usually do with like little streaming services and stuff like that so you know hopefully Netflix, if they do another price range, I can't imagine it going over 20 bucks, but hopefully we've kind of settled into a price zone. You don't have premium though. No, I just have the standard. So uh, you were paying $14. Mm -hmm. So I mean, saying 20 is different because here's my thing. Well, I'm just saying eventually it could get to 20. The only reason I think they're doing that on premium is because again, you get four screens at once. They're planning on people to share that one. Yeah, like you're that sharing that with, with with your neighbors, like you. Oh, we're going have these on an account or whatever. Like you know. I mean, um, it, it is only a matter of time. It will take a while, but it's only a matter of time bef- before 4K yeah. becomes the normal. It'll and become it, the new 1080, yeah. and people are just like, I don't want to be on 1080. That's it, that's like the old 480, you know. And the only thing I think Netflix is having a problem with is you know right now, it is not. It is one of the few streaming providers of. Um, not live streaming, but like, you know, video on demand streaming that does not create a lot of its own content. Um, so it's licensing it, right? So it has to pay for that. Like Disney owns everything. They're not paying anyone extra. Well, for I would stuff. actually be, I would be curious to kind of see the pie chart at Netflix Yeah. because when Netflix first started, the pie chart was like a hundred percent licensed content. And you know, they, the CEO said, Oh, we're going to be changing this ratio as far as we go. Yeah. And I'm curious how far it is over now. I wouldn't be surprised if it's close to 50%, half original, uh, half you think licensed. Ha- you mean, you think half of everything on there is, is from them? Well, I mean, uh, I, if you go, I know they put at, out a lot, but like, I don't know if half is, I mean, I know it's been a while since you've been on the Netflix page cause you don't have it, but no, no, I, I, tell- I have that. I have access to Netflix. Don't get me wrong. I get on there once a month. <laughs> I can tell but, you at the very least, my Netflix recommendations, they almost always put the originals in front of me. Of course, it's the tip of the iceberg. There could be tons of licensed stuff underneath the surface, but uh, they're definitely filling their featured sections with all of their original stuff. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think I mean I'd, I'd have to take a look at that. Um, look, look here, just pulling up um, thirty. I think it, well, it's also. I mean, on there, I think it's the number of streams too, right? You pay per stream, right? Like that's how it kind of goes down. It's like when you stream music, so that's why they're pushing the original. But I, I, I'd, I'd love to see what that looks like. What the original is. Because they're one of the few that don't have strictly original content. Um, and HBO, HBO has a lot because it's AT&T. Was, was it Paramount will have almost all of its stuff on there. NBC is going to have all that stuff. So I'd love to see what that looks like because Netflix is one of the last vestiges of like, hey, we're a provider. Um, they, could, they could definitely get rid of a lot of stuff and offer their own stuff, but their prices would have to drop. But like, I, I think they, they're a very unique scenario still living 20-something years as this service. So... Mm-hmm. Um, the basic plan has unchanged at the end of the day, but that does not even include HD content. Did you know that? It's just regular standard. Yeah, it's def. like for this is like for people that only ever watch Netflix on their yeah. phone. Even though phones can do high definition, uh, I guess if you're data capped or something like that, yeah, the carriers at least old. it's an option. Really, they probably only have the basic plan, so they can legally say that like, oh, get Netflix for as low as, and it's like you know, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I think this, I mean, I don't think the pricing is interesting. It's just interesting to say it because, you know, like I said, you know, like like you mentioned, you know, 4K is standard on HBO and Disney Plus now, right? Like, mm-hmm. when, when are they going to merge these into one plan? Like, when are they just going to, like, hey, here's our one plan for this? Because not many not many providers do that or mm-hmm. have, have more multiple plans going forward. Amazon Prime, I just want to toss this in here just a little bit. I don't want to get on the soapbox on this one, but apparently there's a lawsuit for them. And um, their their terms and conditions say that even if you buy it through Amazon, you technically don't own it forever. Ugh. So if you're a physical media person and you still love it, do it that way, um, or just you know, stream it like like a normal person would, uh, like through a, a video on demand rather than a purchase on demand. So um, just be wary of that. Again, they they said none of the things that are out there have been taken away, but it is an option down the road if the yeah. original provider yeah. was like I no, mean, we don't want to do this anymore. It's frustrating. Uh, I would be le- I would be more frustrated if streaming wasn't such a thing. I mean, uh, the more and more that we progress through this uh, streaming architecture, uh, I can just if there's a movie I want to watch, it's streaming somewhere. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to buy it. Even like some of the new stuff, you know, eventually shows up on like a premium streaming service, you know, after a little bit. But yeah, I would be super upset if I bought something and I go back to try to watch it and it's not there anymore. Or they these uh, these providers should at the very least have the common de- decency to credit you back your purchase. Like if I bought, you know, I don't know, just like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, if I digitally purchased that and you know I canceled my Disney Plus subscription and I, I still want to be able to watch it, I still should be able to watch it. And if I go back and there's some sort of license that expired and oh the only place I can watch it now is Disney Plus, I should at least be credited back because you know I was just basically bought a very long term rental with no structure with no like solid uh, end date so yeah I wouldn't I would be happy to see this get pushed and possibly go to like the Supreme Court one day I know it's not necessarily like the biggest deal in the world you know it's not killing anybody but I feel like something like that at some point should be litigated in a higher court right because it just kind of seems like they're lying to you well but I mean but they're not lying to you because they do cover that like they're not at fault if a provider says we don't want to give this to you anymore. Like, yeah. like what, who do you do with it? It's the provider of the content that should be at fault, not yeah. like Amazon. But I, I feel like the point of the courts and the point of the government is to protect the people, especially the people that pay taxes for the government to, to operate that lets these business thrive and flourish, you know, in the world. So it's just kind of like if the normal lay person doesn't understand that there's a deep 
contractual obligation underneath something that they thought they bought would expire one day. I mean, I think that at some point in time they should be protected. So, I mean, at the very least, uh, there should be some sort of annoying pop-up every time you buy something that says, hey, you might not actually own this. So at least that pushes, you know, these services to find a way to improve it a little bit so they don't always have to have that pop-up. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. No. And again, I lean the other way. I think, you know, at, at the same time, like I, it, it is a risk with everything because no one has, they have, they have to update these things faster, the like contracts faster. Right. I was talking to someone about the, the black widow thing. I'm like, well, literally when that movie was made, there are contracts and you have to go to the movie theater and we get X amount of proceeds. Right. They're not going to give up that profit to just put it on Disney plus and make nothing. Well, um, the fairest so, the, the fairest thing to do is if I buy a digital version of a feature film after it's released, if I don't technically own it, make it cheaper. It definitely shouldn't cost twenty dollars anymore, you know, because yeah. I don't own it. Like, yeah, like I mean, a di- physical digital DVD. pricing is definitely. Cause, I mean, I, I feel the same way about video games, right? Like, I can go b- walk in buy a used video or not use a, a a brand new video game on disc for five dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I go to the store, it's still like forty five, fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. There's definitely digital pricing is interesting um, and, and what that entails. So um, it definitely needs to be looked at. But just a reminder, if you purchase anything on there, that you don't really own those. <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn uh, revealed this week that he um, got the call for Guardians 3 to be rehired the day after he took his Suicide Squad job. So um, everyone, everyone seems to be fine with it. There's nothing really out of the ordinary here it's just you know if you got job offers take them right if it all works out so yeah i mean it seems like they're just like oh he we've got to make sure he doesn't get tangled up within mm-hmm. warner brothers right because warner brothers was all gung-ho they're like you you can make any movie you want anything's on the table for you he's the one that chose suicide squad because yeah. they let him choose whatever he wanted so if they were if they were open to like okay after suicide squad you want to make a batman movie superman do whatever the hell you want to do you want to do this dark universe you can we'll contractually sign you on to five dark universe movies you can work here for the next 30 years if you want so i think disney was just like oh shit he was supposed to make our cosmic universe and you know there was a kerfuffle about an old tweet and now we're about to lose him so yeah that, well, that very well could just be what happened but but also at the same time i think he said like they didn't know he was hired by warner brothers at that point like he didn't like sign the ink before the ink dried tweet about it yeah, right so there's assistants that talked i feel like somebody got wind of something well i'm sure they knew i'm sure i mean he went to kevin feige he was like can i go do this and he was like yeah you're fine you're, i mean like they, they disney fired you like what do you what, i can <laughs> tell you no right like um but like yeah at the same time you like that's good that they can do all this back and forth it feels like forever since we had a guardians movie um so hopefully, you know, we, we get that sooner than later. People are very excited for this. But also he said, you know, again, like you said, you know, he, um, DC gave him, when he took the Suicide Squad, he can have any character on the team that he wanted. So um, very interesting to see what he does with this. You know, kind of a, a free reign, a creatively free reign movie, if you will, uh, for that. Or characters I don't even know about. <laughs> like Polka Dot Man. In the DC Universe, Titans is moving forward with season three. And you get a first look at uh, Red Hood from this. Looks pretty good. He looks a lot like the Red Arrow. Like the only difference yeah. in the costume is they they put a faceplate over him. But yeah, I'm getting a lot of CW uh, Red Arrow vibes out of this guy. Except he's got a yeah. kind of a the mask seems a little large, right? Doesn't it seem like the chin's maybe a little bit too? I don't know. It look, kind of looks like a kid wearing an adult mask. <laughs> well, I think I think the I think where the like the, the way the hood comes down to the zipper is way too wide. Mm-hmm. Like it's in the wrong place. Um, I think I think it was up, but like. 
you know, I mean, playing or knowing about the Red Hood and all that stuff, you know, this is essentially the guy who was playing Robin forever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in the first two seasons is in this same guy in this outfit. It's very tactical, very, very, like, uh, yeah, he's going to shoot somebody. Yeah, <laughs> it looks cool. I mean, this is what happens kind of when you take a CW-esque show but give it a little bit more budget. You get the time to put, like, a little bit more stitching into the costume. Mm-hmm. Like, a CW show wouldn't have had, like, this, you know, this eight-pack uh, uh, stitched into the into the suit, they probably would have done something more streamlined. You know, uh, this stuff, this costume looks like somebody had to take time to fabricate, fabricate and like three D print stuff uh, on there. So, um, I, I, yeah, I'm digging it. There's there's nothing wrong about this except for maybe the mask is uh, a little bit too large, but just yeah. splitting hairs. Yeah, and and I think um, I mean if you go back and look at him, like it's very. I, I mean, I'm glad they got the white eyes in the mask and everything. Like you know. This is unmistakably who this is. You're like, mm. oh, that's Red Hood. Like, oh yeah, I get it. For for that, man, so it's Chris, pretty good I, for that. I feel like I need to watch Titans. I mean, this is the first time I've seen something promoed from the show. Where I'm like, yeah, maybe I need to watch that show. <laughs> and it, it it should be all on HBO Max by now, right? Or is it not Ooh. quite there yet? Let me see. I actually just had Just Watch pulled up before this. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, at the bottom of this promo, it does say HBO Max on it. The DC Universe copyright. Well, that I'm is pretty not sure allowed se- on anything anymore. <laughs> season, yeah, two seasons are on HBO Max. Gotcha. HBO Max and DC, and one season's on DC Universe. What? Yeah, I could. I couldn't quite remember if uh, Titans had made the migration before the, the big migration of all of the DC stuff had- that's supposed to happen. It hadn't yet. Um, Doom Patrol did. Season two was part of it, but yeah. it looks like uh, looks like it's on there. Yeah, I've only seen the first episode, but I mean, you know, knowing that it's on um, on uh, HBO Max, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Going to talk about some other little offshoots here. Um, the Gremlins prequel animated series. I believe this is from HBO Max as well. Oh, damn, uh, Chris, that, first... just, that just reminded me. That was the one Halloween movie that I said I was going to watch that I never got around to watching was Gremlins two. Uh, like Gremlins. Isn't that a Christmas movie? Uh, no, the first is one. The, the first one is very grounded in the Christmas holiday, but okay. as far as I know, I, I don't think Gremlins Two is tied to any sort of calendar date because I remember seeing scenes of outside the office building. I don't remember snow or anything like that. But yeah, I was gonna watch Gremlins Two because my wife hadn't seen it in like a million years, and neither had I. And I was like, oh, we gotta watch it. Then right afterwards, we gotta go watch the Key and Peele sketch where it's the writers' room that's pitching the story for Gremlins Two which is a hilarious sketch but uh man yeah animated series sorry i just i forgot to watch no no you're fine i mean so so hbo max is working on an animated prequel here we get our first look at it here with showing 1920s um uh uh, china uh you know where the mogwai kind of came from so um it looks like it's gonna be family friendly kind of unlike the 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 horror comedy that the other ones are so looks like they're gonna be doing that but i mean it's um a pretty interesting look here mike Looks I mean, very, very stylized. If somebody is really, really interested in the production of this show, I don't remember the showrunner's name off the top of my head, but he's very active on Twitter. A lot of the people that I follow on Twitter seem to like his tweets or retweet him, so I see him pop up in my feed quite a bit. So he seems to be very active out there. So I don't know. It, he seems like the type of person that you might even be able to reach out to and send him like a direct tweet if you want to know more about uh, the Gremlins oh. animated series. Yeah, I was trying to look here to see if it, well, it didn't. It doesn't have it down here, but it talks about our other thing here coming up on HBO Max. So you can read that, read about Variety and, and where they're going with their animated stuff. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I shared this with you earlier this week is uh, Gindy Tartakovsky's upcoming series on HBO Max slash Cartoon Network called Unicorn Warriors Eternal um, was announced, and it looks um, 
to be very interesting here. Um, the, I can't quite pin the anime style. It, the, the, it doesn't strike me as Samurai Jack. Yeah, it's maybe. A, it almost seems like a Gindy maybe was developing the show maybe with some other creatives because Gindy, Gindy has a very, very iconic 2D style. You see it in literally mm. everything he's made, even his most recent show, Primal. You can see his you can see his touches all over it. This almost seems like it's Gindy's aesthetic, but maybe paired with another character designer. It, um, it's very rounded compared to his other harsh lines. Yeah, so, uh, I, you know, maybe he's just he, maybe he's just being a really auteur here. Maybe he's deciding, hey, if I'm making something new, yeah, I should kind of expand the way I look at it. The first thing I thought when I saw it was Gindy's name is on it, but I wonder if he's really going to be you know, the showrunner of it, right? There could be another very veteran animation person who is really in control of it, and maybe Gendy is just kind of like the top-level person that gives notes kind of on the universe and story. But all we have here is just kind of like a, I would say like almost like a temp poster is kind of what it looks like, but it looks cool. I mean, I, I kind of kind of get like almost like steampunk Victorian vibes out of it. Yeah, so it, it takes, um, it revolves around an ancient teen heroes who are are built from lore and mythos from around the world. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also being um, built as an anthology style series. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, so, you know, maybe these are different from different episodes. Maybe this, this, you know, cover here isn't from, from that in particular, but I believe, um, I believe he is a showrunner and designer of the show. If, if I go look back at the article. So, but I mean, it looks interesting for sure. Like it looks like, you know, the there, this is going to be split between, HBO Max and Cartoon Network delivery. So if you don't have Cartoon Network, you can always catch on HBO yeah. Max. So. Yeah, I, I was kind of I was trying to read the press release too, and I, I feel like it wasn't totally clear because like, is it just going to be produced by Cartoon Network Studios and then air on HBO Max, or will it be simultaneously on both platforms? I wasn't totally sure about that. Um, because if it's just strictly for HBO Max, that would be pretty exciting because I feel like they're a little edgier over there with their cartoons. They don't have to worry so much about broadcast standards since uh, Cartoon Network is a cable, um, since it's a cable network. So, yeah, I kind of hope it goes that direction. If it happens to air on Cartoon Network, I hope it airs like in the, you know, 9, 9.30 time slot, you know, just before Adult Swim turns over so they can go a little edgier with it. You know, I don't want them to have to like constrained to like you know yeah. what what a, like a 10 year old is allowed to see on tv you know yeah yeah from from deadline it says it's produced by cartoon network studios for hbo max and cartoon Network. Uh, okay so, so so it sounds like it'll hit it both but i mean they announced this what was the other thing a looney tunes university or tiny tunes yeah university tiny tunes well. is uh coming back oh man so. i remember i was telling you with uh tiny tunes uh for some reason i really remember the movies i don't know if the tiny tune movies ever hit the theaters or if it was more like a like a 60 90 minute episode that was like specially aired on cable but i distinctly remember the longer narrative of some sort of movie so yeah i don't know i just have like tiny tunes ingrained in the brass back of my brain much like uh, entrapment are, are occupying like the same spots which yeah. is pretty funny there there was one um one movie and they they, they released it and then um re-edited it as part of episodes in the series oh so maybe, that's that's probably why it seems weird yeah. i probably do remember seeing it theatrically but then also chopped up on tv in odd yeah. orders <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they they went ahead and did two seasons of that right out the gate. So yeah. HBO Max, they're they're really taking off on the animation side of things. Um, I watched. Uh, I didn't put it in the corn stream because I didn't didn't really get that much into it. But 
the at least the first season of the anime Mob Psycho is dubbed over on uh, HBO Max, and I only watch my anime dub because I'm a scrub like that. But yeah, I'd wanted to mm-hmm. check out Mob Psycho for a while, so if you've been waiting like me, you can check it out over on HBO Max. There you go. Lastly, we're going to end our show in our Nick Cage corner here yet again. <laughs> um, the Cage match. A 15-second teaser for what's called Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> and as, as my, my thought went through my head, the same thing Mike said out loud when he watched it earlier. Five Nights at Freddy's, but with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that that's what it is. And this almost seems like really smart because the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, I'm sure, is taking its time and development over at Blumhouse. They're probably trying to build a franchise much like the, much like the video games came out in series. So they're probably trying to build a world write a smart script, hire good actors that really fit kind of like the millennial niche that likes the game. And then over here, Nick Cage is just like, no, I'm going to star in the ripoff that just happens to take place in a Chuck E. Cheese-esque place with like Metronics like running after us. So they're getting the jump and they're kind of almost doing like an asylum move where they're doing a knockoff uh, well before uh, the Five Nights uh, proper movie gets to come out. Oh yeah, and and like it's it looks like a you know typical horror trap, and you have animatronics. There's blood on things. Um, some girls like you know um, like cleavage unzipped <laughs> yeah. even up close. You're like, yeah, this is this is gonna be very very schlocky, very B movie esque. Mm-hmm. So uh, much like the jujitsu when we watched last week, this was le- less full of lines, <laughs> but like still full of uh, schlock. All right, Mike. Well, that's the episode. We're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna go edit these together. If uh, people want to know what you're up to, where they can find you at this week? Yeah, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, please reach out and let me know if my microphone did my microphone sounded weird. Do I need to put the pop filter back on? Do I need to adjust anything? Chris is gonna know this more than me once he gets uh, once he gets my audio once I upload it. But I don't really know. This is all an experiment over here. So you can follow me at Mike Royer Design, and you can read my web comics over at PickledComics.com. Chris. If people want to catch up with you, where they where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I'll probably put up my Halloween costumes here in a little bit. Um, show people what it was, so if you want to go check them out, you can see them on there. If people want to know more about our show or episodes, leave us a review, buy some swag, I don't know, whatever they want to do, where can they find all that at? Oh, that's so easy to do. Just visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you don't want to track down that Willy's Wonderland teaser, who in God's green earth knows where that could possibly be? Uh, we yeah, got don't, that. don't type that in your search bar. <laughs> yeah, we got that link here in the show notes. You can check out the Red Hood uh, picture over there, the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man verse. Hey, yeah, we got some links in the show notes. You can go check those out. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. We're there as well. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. You can get merch over at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, reach out. We love hearing from you. What are you thinking about the holiday seasons? Uh, are, how soon do you watch your Christmas movies? I, I do my best to hold off until at least least after Thanksgiving. I know this is all very American-centric timelines. You know, who knows? People in Australia could be watching their Christmas movies already. It's like summer over there, which is kind of weird. I thought about that the other day, that like they they regularly get to have Christmas in shorts, if that's something that they celebrate. Uh, uh, So, I I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, uh, are you ready to watch your Christmas movies? Do you carry over your Halloween movies? You know, do you give yourself a little bit of a buffer? Because I know the the Warzone Call of Duty uh, Halloween event is still going on for at least I think a 
I think at least till Tuesday is usually when those things end over there. So there's some dregs of Halloween still out there. So reach out, let us know what you're doing for the holidays. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, so easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, wear your mask, properly social distance. Please vote in person or drop your mail-in ballot off at a drop box. It's too late to mail those things. They're not going to get there in time and somebody's just going to burn your vote and it's not going to matter. So uh, luckily this is the last episode that I have to mention uh, go voting and hopefully the world will right itself and we'll be back to a, a normal course of uh, a human existence uh, come Sunday. Uh, that, that That's all I have to say, Chris. All right then. Well, if uh, that's all you got, Mike, we'll wrap it up and we'll see you guys next all week. Right. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Computer, new <laughs> microphone, got an offer. You were just all over the place.